0: Hi, this is Pam, and this is Must Love Food. Thanks for joining us here today. Uh, we, I've got Full House here with Maddie, Robin, and John, and we have a drum roll, da da, 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 da special guest, Jenny Howell from Garden Gate. She's a corporate gardener and assistant editor. And um, she's gonna help us and help you with some um, thinking about now is the time to start thinking about setting up a container herb garden. We love to cook with herbs, fresh herbs, and there's no need to go to the farmer's market. There's no need to look at little plastic packages in the grocery store. If you've got a little herb garden at home, and um, containers are an easy way to do that. You can bring them indoors, put them outdoors, or start them indoors and then put them outdoors. Maybe we should let the gardener tell us maybe a little bit more about that part. But anyway, we love cooking with fresh herbs. We know you do too, and so now is the time to start thinking about it. So we thought we would talk to an expert um, beyond our, ca- our our minor capabilities in this area. But anyway, uh, welcome. Thanks for joining us, Jenny, and. Um, so hi Glad all. To be here Pam. Hi. Oh great. <laughs> um, well we were talking um, just to try to you know change things up do something a little different bring in a different perspective and a few summers ago I think it was in 2019 we did run an article and some of the content it, it was it was modified but some of the content came from Garden Gate and it was about setting up a little herb garden, um, container garden for your kitchen. So I used to grow herbs, and I've done them both indoors and out. I've done them in the ground, I've done them in pots. Um, the thing I know mostly about herbs is they're a little bit like weeds. They don't require much sun and water, <laughs> <Exactly>. <laughs> but okay. <laughs> you, you've got it covered there. All that's
1: okay. all you really need is full sun, <laughs> water when you need to. Uh, uh-huh. I tend to grow them more ornamentally myself, um, huh. you know. So I've never really gone out and harvested them like I really need to. Um, you know, uh, but uh, uh, I, I think they're pretty and uh, they smell they good. I, I use them more for the um, ambiance and the smell outside. Um, I put a I like to use ornamental basil and in, in containers just because it smells good when you're watering and you're and you're doing. But I'm like, well, why why am I not <laughs> snipping this off more and and uh, utilizing it inside? Um, because it's easy um, in ground. Like you said, they'll almost grow like weeds. Um, just get them in a spot where they don't stay too wet. Uh, most most herbs tend to be a little bit more um, drought tolerant than other things. Um, but uh, but you can put them in your regular garden. And they're happy too with a little bit more water. But containers, um, you just have to make sure you have a pretty good size container, like maybe 16, 18 inches um, wide, if you want to put um, multiples in there. Otherwise, you mm-hmm. can do smaller little containers with um, individual herbs, which is actually easier if you want to overwinter them. And some mm-hmm. things, you know, like basil and dill and uh, lavender, those are the kind of things you can take inside and
0: still keep harvesting off of it um, all winter. But I had some difficulty with cilantro. I've heard that that's notoriously a difficult herb, at least in our zone, maybe it is. Um, It got very leggy, and I got, I think, one cutting out of it, and maybe that was it. And I was probably lucky to get that.
1: You got further than I did. (laughs) (laughs) I'm throwing it again
0: this year, but oh, dang.
1: It gets about two inches tall, and then I plant it up, and uh, and then I lose it. <laughs> I don't think it likes to be too wet, and uh, oh. so that's probably the thing that you have to uh, steer clear of. But um, you know, once and getting it started actually from seed is a little If You can go get a um, go to the garden center, and get a four-inch pot. Um, you'll probably fare better.
0: I think that's, that's what I did. That's, yeah, <laughs> yeah, they I've, did I've the I've work for me.
2: Uh-huh.
0: <laughs> I did that also, as well. I-
2: <laughs> and then when i went to trim it once it was like oh that's it you got one use out of it
0: <laughs> yeah
1: <laughs> so well, oh, if you think about it that way you know and just it, it's sort of like a flower bouquet you know once once it's done you're, you just start over with a new one um right. and cilantro might be one of those things that you just buy you you know um get maybe one or two cuttings out of it and and uh you know, <laughs> cut your losses. But <laughs> literally, just, you know, if you think about if you buy a package um, and stick it in your refrigerator and then don't get it all used, you right. you know, you're out about the same amount of money. Exactly. So, but if you can keep it growing on your shelf in your windowsill or outside um, till such times as you can use it. Um, if you don't, it's still growing. It's not going bad in your refrigerator. So
0: you know what? I just remembered. Um, I wanted to point out the article that I'd mentioned that we grew that we did a couple years ago. Um, it was in our June twenty nineteen issue. Um, I believe it was taking small, um, like you had said, four inch pots or whatever small pots, and then putting them into sort of a like a window bed. And, yep. um, and so then you can have a variety of herbs and keep them in their little pots. How, I mean, I, that would probably be my least favorite option. It's a way to do it. You can have herbs around, you have a lot of variety, but you, I would imagine it requires even a little bit more upkeep because you're, they're so contained and they don't have sort of room to grow and. And you'll stunt them
1: a little bit if they stay in those little pots. Plus, sure. Um, you know, If you just set the pots into the window box, um, then there's a lot more maintenance with that just individual pot. If you plant them all um, or sink the pots, shall we say, in Uh soil, you'll get a little better luck out of it. Plus um, those little pots will grow out the bottom of the drainage holes and and then they'll have a little bit more root root space underneath and um, window box full of soil. It might be easier just to take them out of the pots, plant them all together. Their little roots will mesh and everything, but if you wanted to winter them over, then I would depop them and, sure. uh, pull them. Yeah, sure. Dig them up and put them in their own individual uh, pots and winter them over inside that way.
3: Jenny, um, are there any plants that you, any that you shouldn't put together or does it, does it make a difference? Are there some that don't like each other? Or if you put them together, is it a problem? Yeah,
1: not necessarily, um, but try and stick with the ones that like, um, you know, like Sage and, and uh, Time and, and uh, oregano will be, tend to be a little bit more drought tolerant. So put them together uh, where they uh, get the same kind of um, nutrients and water and, and sunshine, um, same okay. kind of requirements uh, okay. and things that, you know, parsley and, and basil that can take a little bit more water, put them together in their own uh, containers.
0: Okay. Yeah, good idea so, there. You had mentioned um, growing basil decoratively and things like that, and I know you guys add them sometimes to pots to fill out just for for their shape, their form, or their smell, even, um, and then in the ground. But So you're probably not just growing sweet basil. You're probably doing all the fancy kinds.
2: Do you have a favorite
0: kind of basil? Because that is an herb that we definitely lean on in the test kitchen a lot and is in a lot of our recipes. We just did an article. It will be in the summer issue on pestos. Don't be thinking um, basil, your classic basil pesto, because these are are not that, but uh, but anyway, basil is is one that a lot of people use. I just was curious what's your favorite variety is. I like the purple basil's as far mm-hmm. as ornamentally is concerned. Um, and then there's a couple of purple ones that are
1: mottled, which is really interesting in in a in a container. Wow. Um, but we've used uh, I've grown salad leaf basil, oh. um, which has an enormous leaf, um, oh, and you, sure. would, you don't it doesn't almost even look like basil, um, but you can. You can use it in your salad, just cut up like that, yeah. or uh, like a little uh, sandwich roll. You could put a little dip or something, uh, sandwich spread in it, and roll it oh, up sure. and, and eat it like a little wrap. Um,
0: that one's kind of neat.
3: And then I uh, use them as
0: lettuce sometimes.
3: Right. right.
0: Sometimes you get those big things with with um, you know uh, big leaves of, of basil, not intentionally like that salad, but yeah, I'll l- use it as lettuce yeah. or something. Yeah. Um, exactly. Gives your salad a little different kick. Or loving, a sandwich. putting herbs in a salad is a good point. I think a lot of people don't even think to do that, but it adds so much flavor. Right, um, and then there's uh, Emerald Towers is another variety of um, basil. It
1: grows a little bit more columnar, um, so straight up and down, uh, but it blooms late, which is okay. for basil a good thing. Um, because if you let basil bloom, um, it tends to get bitter and tough um, and the flavor isn't there anymore. So I know Sherry said that hers, uh, one of my fellow uh, Garden Gate editors, Mm -hmm. um, she went almost till frost before hers bloomed. So that was really
4: good. (laughs) I I can confirm that. I don't know. I must have bought it by accident because I had basil that never bolted, never went to seed. And I was just kind of amazed. I kept waiting for it. Is it going to flower? Is it going to flower? And it never did. I mean, it was pretty cool very useful. I mean, yeah, if you're trimming often enough, you may
1: just simply um, uh, snip those buds off before they get to a point where they're going to bloom. Um, so you can kind of. Delay that anyway, but eventually those even if it's not going to actually formally bloom, it t- sort of gets to a stage where it wants to bloom and gets a
0: little bit tough that way. Then. So um, to kind of maybe there are two Different questions or maybe they're one question cause I'm not a hundred percent sure, but about the, the blooming and the, the trimming and the harvesting of basil. So what is the best way to a harvest it? Like which leaves should you take? Is there a way that you should be harvesting or or really maybe any herb, but I'm thinking of basil when it when it bolts or, or blooms. And then if you are just, um, if you start to see that it looks like it's flowering, you just, what do you do? Do you just cut it yeah. off at the top? That's what I do.
1: Right, right. Um, cut it down to, so you'll see a bloom spike or kind of a stalk coming up. Uh-huh. Uh, pinch it back. Um, there'll be a set of leaves that'll be coming up right under that flower. Um, go to the next set of leaves um, to okay. make sure you've got clear down. And then just either pinch it off or snip it off with your little scissors. And then if you're harvesting it, take the whole stem off. You may not want want that whole stem in your cooking, but you know, take that uh, the leaf in the stem clear down to the
3: Main okay. stem
1: that it grows on, so you don't have that little stub sitting there because um, that just invites more infection of diseases or um, you know
0: whatever on the plant. Right. Um, Whereas well, you clear off now. You're probably also asking the plant to work harder then because you're leaving something there that it's sort of having to feed exactly. nutrients to, but it doesn't really need to. <laughs> but it so, doesn't do
1: anything, right? Right. Yeah. Okay. So just snip that clear off and and get it out of there, and then the the plant um, will probably branch from there you know um, uh-huh. like or if you take off the whole like the little ends top end
0: <laughs> um, just snip that off
1: and it'll branch out from there and you'll have a bushier plant anyway so
0: sure so we you had mentioned something about or we would said about with cilantro starting it from seeds versus starting it from you know little plants if you're starting from seeds when do you start is it too late I guess it depends on what it is and and what's that process and then kind of time frame for getting your herbs going for your summer?
1: I think herbs tend to be a little bit slower getting going than other things. You know, like marigolds Mm -hmm. will pop up and away you go. But especially things like thyme and rosemary, those woodier sage, woodier type things start way in the winter time. Um, Okay. Make sure you've got a good light on them. You'll have to kind of baby them through the um, winter months from seed. Yeah. Okay. Basils and, and parsleys. Um, I just started some last week, but I think I'm a you know a couple of weeks too late. But or not oh. too not too late. I'll, I'll be fine. But I wish I'd started them a couple of weeks earlier to get them, get a head start at it. But uh, mm-hmm. yeah, start them in this either late winter or early spring, February, sure. March, right in there. Use a nice germination mix. Um, sprinkle your seed down. Um, put them under lights, and they've got great LED grow lights. Pretty energy efficient. Gives you all the light spectrum that you need. Um, you can do it under, you can do it in the windowsill, but adding the supplemental light helps a lot. And then you can save the, those lights if you wanted to winter over. For, uh, you know, if, in the fall, if you want to dig up the plants and bring them in, then you've got that extra supplemental light to to keep them healthy over through the
0: winter. Okay, so that's so for somebody who's a little maybe more advanced or has a little bit more time and space and equipment involved in in going that route. But so if you're just um, me, (laughs) average, and you uh, either have a little outside space that's got some sun or a window or something, um, really, I guess you can just start putting a container together yeah, after first frost, frost done I mean, in your,
1: your zone, yeah. like in our case, it's about May 15th. Um, you still could possi- possibly okay. get a frost or um, zone five. So that's, um, you know, you're, mm-hmm. you're going to be earlier if you're south of us. Uh, and then just, I would I would go to the garden center and get um, some already started things um, because they're going to be bigger, bulkier and, and uh, they'll fill in a lot faster. Um, but start with a bigger container. So 16, 18 inches wide. Um, you know, gives each plant a little bit extra room. If you were going to like, say, stick a tomato or a pepper in there too, you know, um, which is also a good way to, you know, you can have your own um, Italian sauce. <laughs> sure. <laughs> pot right there, you know, uh-huh. you put a tomato, you put a pepper in, yeah, and get uh-huh. a little oregano, um, some basil, <laughs> and away you go. <laughs> and that's going to taste great, because it's going to be all really nice and fresh. Um, but go, go big, um, especially oh. if you if you put a tomato, tomato in there, you need, yeah. You <laughs> I need learned a, that one the hard <laughs> way. <laughs> yeah, the bigger pot, the better you were um, gonna gonna do with a tomato. And then you're gonna need a support system too, like a tomato cage or some sort of trellis tank or that too. Mm-hmm. Although they do have, um, they have these cute little things. They're called kitchen minis. Um, that was new out last year. Um, they're uh, like, you can grow a tomato in a four inch pot on your windowsill. That's what they're designed for. And they're adorable. They get about 8 to 12 inches tall and have little cherry tomatoes on it. So you're not going to, you know, get a whole lot of stuff to cook with or there. But, you know, for your salad, hey. Eh? <laughs> and they've got some little peppers that are that way too. But they're a, a one and done sort of thing. You get about uh, four to six weeks. Um, so your the, the goal is to buy them at the grocery store already potted. You leave them in that little pot. You just water them and, and, uh, and they grow You eat. um, You can get about a pint full of little tomatoes off of them, um, and and same for little peppers. And then once they're done, you toss them and start over again. So, but that way you're always growing your own little salad tomatoes. um, You know, and uh, you you know that they're chemical free, and and you grew them yourself. They really actually taste pretty good. And uh, mine produced quite a few last year I was kind of impressed but
0: (laughs) I was gifted a there's a local um grower I guess here who's they sell different plants and stuff and for my birthday um a couple years ago I was gifted a um they were like cherry tomatoes but they were gold Uh, now I can't remember the name but from Coyote Run Oh, and they're the most beautiful plants. And they are so sweet. You can just eat them right off of um, nice. the vine and, and just pop them in. Uh, my friend's dogs love them. <laughs> I, have to, I have to fight the dogs for this dog. stuff. <laughs> um, yeah, sometimes um, it's not I, the bunnies that are a problem. It's your own oh, pets. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and they're the only ones for me that actually work because I got um, – what's that rot, um, rot, rot. Oh, blossom end rot. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Right. That's what I got. That's usually and chipmunks.
1: A, oh, well, there's that. <laughs> Blossom end rot is usually a, um, if you keep your plants well fertilized, um, and then, uh, regular watering. Um, so when it gets hot, you need to, to water more because, uh, it's that erratic, um, wet and dry okay. kind of cycle that, usually causes that
0: they were in containers and i wondered i had really good compost and i had um we had something in the test kitchen that we had uh featured in um in the now several years ago it was some kind of a a composter i cannot remember the name of it but even a little cooker the yeah, intensified yeah. compost and stuff. So anyway, it was very well, at least starting out and they looked amazing, but I think that I had two smaller pots and they would have done much better in the ground and mm. live and learn. Yeah. Tomatoes are one of those funny things that, um, seems like a great idea in, in pots, but they,
1: you got to make uh-huh. sure you use a determinate um, type of tomato, one that'll stay smaller. Um, yeah. the indeterminate tomatoes, keep growing and growing and growing, and those don't work well in pots. So make okay. sure when you buy them, um, you check on the label for a determinant type of tomato.
3: Okay. Um,
1: or like patio tomatoes would be another ones. If they say it's a patio tomato, those are more like better for containers than
0: they are in the ground. Or That's why I think better. those little golden cherry tomatoes worked out so well. <laughs> yeah, so, and then water, water, water.
1: <laughs> you know, water, water, water. <laughs>
2: Oh. And Jennifer, I know you were talking about fertilizing. Um, we have just kind of like a raised garden, but it still is in the ground. Like, I guess we it's, it's a garden, but like we just have to like, you know, kind of think it's not it's it's contained, but still like goes down to the earth. Um, we just always do tomatoes, green peppers, um, some like snap peas you know just some little things and some salads uh but we always are wondering like you know with fertilizing we never really fertilize throughout the summer is that something you recommend like once in a while or depends on the the um
1: the vegetable, I guess I say. Okay. I think if you put a good compost down in the in the spring and mix it, incorporate that in, or, or just lay it on top and let it work itself in, um, that's almost better than okay. trying to add fertilizer all the time. Um, there are some things that are heavier feeders. I think peppers and tomatoes are two of those things that you know wouldn't hurt with a, a little granular um, or or a uh, water soluble fertilizer that you'd add later, watered in. But uh, yeah, a good compost is best. It's it's organic. Um, you know, it seems better for
3: f- food use. <laughs> totally. We say.
1: Yeah, um, I, I always think a compost is a little bit nicer. And then if you're using your own kitchen waste um, and composting that down and just recycling it back in, so, yep, yeah, all good. But um, when you're growing in containers, because it's not in the soil and you don't have that. You know earthworms and all that stuff that's going on in containers, and then even even rainwater. And you know you're 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 providing everything that that container needs. You know, and potting soils by their nature are not that nutrient heavy. They're um, fairly they might be peach or quar based, and so they don't have inherently a lot of um, nutrients in them. So you have to add the fertilizer or add compost. So. Growing in containers I'd shoot for um, a compost heavy potting mix. You know, something that's got a little bit more, more compost as
4: opposed to peat or coir, because that'll hold more nutrients for you.
0: Oh, wow.
4: I have a question. Mm -hmm. Um, I can't stand watching, um, and maybe this is out of your uh, bailiwick, (laughs) but I can't stand watching uh, or wasting garlic that is uh, starting to sprout. And I'm wondering, I wanna grow it in garden and containers because um, I wanna be able to harvest it easily and quickly and and whatnot. How do I grow it in a container or do I need a really large container, do you think, or? Oh gosh. It's a big hypothetical. Yeah, I've never grown
1: garlic. Um, We planted it once and then we didn't um, follow through.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I I tried it, John, but I didn't do it in a, a, a container i did it in the ground and i did not have luck i was had more mm. luck with um onions but the garlic did not work for me but i i'm far from uh, accomplished in this
4: arena so well I, I just i got the idea from growing potatoes in a container uh-huh. and i realized that that's going to take a lot of room and a lot of water but it was certainly easier to harvest at the end of the summer so that's why i had the same thought about garlic i don't know
1: you give it i'd give it a shot um i would too and um you know if it's sprouting do it put put it put it in a pot and see if you get anywhere with it um i know garlic is something that you plant in the fall like oh Oh, late. more
0: like a Bulb. Bulb. Yeah.
1: Um, okay and you you plant it like at thanksgiving time i mean you can plant it that late and then it comes up and then you harvest it in the fall again so it's um that that's I'm learning so
0: much. Extent of my knowledge oh, on garlic. Though. actually, <laughs> now this is coming to me because I used to go to the garlic palooza. I've been to the garlic palooza uh-huh. festival um, at Larry Cleverley's farm, and because um, he plants garlic and they plant it in the fall. I fr- to- that just all of a sudden, ding, ding, ding. <laughs> yes. That was my problem. I I planted it in the spring. <laughs>
3: Yeah, yeah. So you're not going to get the growth
0: on it like
4: Nope. Nope. <laughs> that makes so much
3: more sense. <laughs> so now
1: back to your potatoes though. Um, I did potatoes last year in a box. <laughs> yeah. um, so I, I had these great big shipping boxes and so and I put one inside of another so that it's a little bit firmer. Filled it up with um, potting soil, a little bit of potting soil and garden soil mix. So it was a little bit of both. Planted my potatoes in there and then um, you know, you just water it and you know, it t- takes a little extra water uh, as opposed to if it were just in the ground. But then at the end of the season, you just tear out, tear down the side of the box and start shoving the um, soil out. And there's your potatoes. It was fabulous. Yeah, it's really
3: <laughs> it <was> so easy. <laughs> <laughs> Very
1: satisfying. <laughs> and then the box, you know, is breaking down. So you just throw, you know, mix that
4: up in, into the soil and compost it
1: too. So <laughs> it was kind of win-win.
4: So you know, we—I think uh, the other week we uh, we did a podcast about um, spring cleaning and cleaning out your spice rack and all that. So if I've got dill seeds that have been up on the shelf a little bit too long, what's the likelihood that if I planted them, they would actually germinate? Oh. <laughs> or say coriander. Or, That's interesting. Uh, because Give it a
1: shot. <laughs> yeah. Do they? do they do something special to them, like dry them differently if for, for herb, for culinary mm-hmm, use, for
3: culinary you know, use.
1: Um, as opposed to, you know, a, a, um, garden seeds, you would just harvest that um, and keep it from getting dried out. That's what <laughs> so I was going to
3: say. Yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> but if you want to know, you could do the germination test. Oh, yeah, well, yeah. there sure. you go. And, sure. <laughs>
4: Tell I us that. I just thought she might know, but. I'm, and the germination you know, that they, test.
1: That they treat. Be, be uh, careful about that dill, though. I mean, once it gets grown and oh uh, god, I planted. Um, it can be oh, like a like weed. <laughs> exactly, um, it was ornamental fennel, fennel, and it was beautiful. Um, had this burgundy, fluffy leaves. Oh, it was fabulous. But I don't like the smell of fennel. I think it's horrible, and I don't even like it in, in food. <laughs> So, oh no! So, but that stuff, five years later, I'm still pulling this dang fennel out. <laughs> you know, and period. Is that what you planted in pop. the back? Uh, did uh, you no, plant that in the back? I did not plant that, but that is. Oh, a, you didn't? Okay, a, yeah, but it's still <laughs> no. there too, and I can't get rid of it. <laughs>
4: it's <laughs> but It's harder the same to contain problem. than the mugwort, right?
0: <laughs> and the okay, can we go back to the germination test?
2: Okay. Well,
3: Jenny, you'll have to help me with this. Oh. I had to do this. I worked at a seed store one time, and it was in in the spring, and so I had to do this. But it's been a long time. But it was something about damp paper towels, and you laid them on there, and were you keep them damp and warm? Isn't that correct? Yeah. Yeah. And see Usually if they one. start. Some just, things will take cold, but uh, I would think So yeah. uh, basically,
0: they have hot, to look hot, like they're but, sprouting.
2: Yeah. Okay.
3: And you see, okay. See in the. Then in that case, you needed to show sure. what percentage of them were sprouting. Right. So if you had some seed left from the year before, were, was it viable or not? So you could, you know, how, or, or not. And how
0: long does the process take? If you don't
3: see anything in a couple of weeks, they're probably a couple of not weeks. viable. Okay, yet. a couple
0: of weeks. Okay. And you just have to be sort of diligent to go back and spritz it and keep it wet or do whatever. Okay. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, but if you get like a little one of those Rubbermaid storage containers or a little Tupperware or something like that, um, and then you just wrap them in that damp paper towel and close that lid down.
0: Oh, keep it moist. them environment of the a little bit. Okay,
1: that'll be kind of sure. warmish right there. Okay, and, yeah, uh, gotcha. Spot. And then just pick it the oh. Day and go, Oh, yeah. And cool. then sometimes they mold and
3: you go, okay, they were viable, but, um, but, my <laughs> but no. Oh, is not viable.
1: <laughs> so I'm not going to plant them. But if they, if they sprout too, you know, you can actually take those little seedlings and, and put them in the Brown
3: ground.
4: Right, and then you can, then you're good to go, but. then? I mean, does, is that make it more vulnerable to dampening off or? Uh, you will get some mold going in those, you know,
1: they're basically but you can you can start. Um, you know we did some perennials this way, some lupins and things like that. But um, that actually those needed to be chilled, and we wrapped them in the paper towel and stuck them in the refrigerator. And then we'd pull them out, and you know, once they started to um, pop open, um, if you got them quickly enough, um, then they didn't didn't get moldy. <laughs> but you just have to kind of keep your eye on them because they will mold. <laughs> mm.
0: uh, so, OK, just to kind of um, I wanted to maybe talk just a little bit about food, maybe some some herby things that maybe on um, people's hit parades. Uh, but just in terms of um, if we were starting from seed, we have missed that boat and that's OK, because there is next year. So in the fall, put your garlic in the ground and. Um, and in the winter, early spring, start um, seeds. And if you're going to do some herbs and whatnot, and um, grow lights really help. And then pot them once you've already had your last frost um, in our zone, basically after May 15th. Or even if you're buying herbs um, uh, already already started, wait to to kind of get that together then. But um, and try to keep sort of likes together. So your heartier, woodier herbs, they, they kind of have, they like the same amount of maybe water and sun, that kind of thing. So they're good to go together. And some of the softer, I call them, um, herbs, the basils, the parsleys, the, well, we won't even call it, put cilantro on there. Cause that's one. Uh, <laughs>
3: It's his, his, his,
0: <laughs> his own Yes. Well and I and who doesn't love mint, but mint takes over the party,
2: so <laughs> we have a separate I, pot for that guy. Uh-huh. Exactly, exactly.
1: If you want to grow mint, even if you wanted it in your garden, um it's it's best to have it in a pot. <laughs> uh-huh. It will just crawl all over the place. And it's good to deadhead mint too. Sure. Uh, so it doesn't throw seed.
0: <laughs> but, Similar uh, to basil, right? Because are they the same family, right? Um, or related, related. I think so. No. Mints, okay. Mints, mints. have a square stem, so you can always tell that if it's in the oh. So, oh. So. Oh. Interesting.
1: What else is in, in the uh, okay. in The mint family. Um, no, just off my
0: head. <sighs> Well, before I kind of ask maybe some thoughts on non culinary uses of of herbs and whatnot, but are there any I know you said you like growing sort of some ornamental or some some of the purple basils and things like that, but are there are there any sort of um unknown or um not used herbs a lot that you really like or maybe say or or are there like it herbs of of the time? <laughs> There's a stumped me on this one there's an oregano Sorry.
2: that's
1: ornamental oh. um uh-huh. oh. i can't think of the name of it um, can
3: i can i jump in here and say sure something? when you planted the lemon thyme in the garden outside uh-huh. the test kitchen i had never used that before and it was wonderful but <laughs> there were so many good things to put that in and like i said i had never seen it before and it, i loved it Um, It was hard to call, you know, you couldn't really call for it in recipes because it's not something you can go to the store to buy. But if I were to plant that at home, I would use it a lot. Now, I know I just kind of jumped in on your parade there. Oh, Oh, no. I I thought that was the best thing ever. (laughs) (laughs) well that's delicious (laughs) i i think that's a
0: good point robin too i mean we kind of stick to the basics just because of we try to what is readily available for most people so we're kind of sticking to the basics but yes if you are cooking at home or and and we're encouraging you to really start a, a container garden if nothing else um of herbs just because they really do bring so much to the plate and the pot mm-hmm. and um yeah and I did years ago I want to say I did lemon verbena, and I never knew what to do with it <laughs> <laughs> and I for a lot of me hey, or- a good cocktail somewhere <laughs>
3: oh hey that's yeah sure I <laughs> <No>. <laughs> but it's, it's fun to just experiment but uh i don't think i would have planted lemon thyme. but it was uh but i'm so glad that you did yeah because it was really a fun um a fun herb to uh to use and sometimes we would just not have it not have time and we for shooting or something we just grab that and i'm like wow this is good it's <laughs> really tasty and i like to you know when i'm weeding it i just kind of like
1: run my hand through it and it's like oh nice
0: <laughs> that's like us when we make dough we're like oh this dough is so nice
3: it just feels so good good well, i'm kind of that way about sage i don't really like yeah. sage it's not my it's not my are different too.
1: there are ornamental sages that are really pretty in containers but i'm not sure that they're very flavorful from an herb standpoint so mm-hmm. so like those basils that um that bronze fennel i think the bronze fennel is perfectly edible but um but i don't think they when they start breeding that uh, interesting color into it and in different in the kent kent beauty that's what the oregano is it has a lovely flower, but I think it um, is lousy for um, cooking. OK, <laughs> <laughs> so so, yeah, when you're looking for herbs um, just because they're pretty doesn't mean they're going to be your best edibles. They may may not be as tasty
0: as the standard old varieties. Can I ask one thing about Sage too? Isn't there a lemon Sage too? I not think heard of i
4: that. I think there's a lot of or there's or there I might be a, there is, are there so a is there a pineapple is there a pineapple sage? sage.
0: OK. Yeah. I, don't well, there, why do I a... want
4: to say there's chocolate sage.
0: I oh, <laughs> I okay.
4: I kind of think you're right.
1: <laughs> sage that I'm thinking of, <laughs> you don't use it for cooking, it's okay. more
4: uh, red flowers. You know, it's really
1: okay. very, okay. very uh, um, hummingbird friendly. Oh, you'll get a lot of, uh, a lot of birds because it's just, they <laughs> like it.
0: <laughs> okay. So I'm just going to kind of open up and see, you know, we have so many, I, I'm just going to say before um, I do forget, I want to, Uh, mention our website, cuisineathome.com. We have a lot of them include fresh herbs. Um, So I encourage you to look through and find um, some inspiration as you plant your herb garden. Maybe it's a direction of how, oh, These recipes look really good. I'm going to need these herbs. This is what I'm going to pot and start a container. And also GardengateMagazine.com is Jenny's magazine that she works for. And there's a lot of information there um, on... um, all things gardening. So definitely um, check that out. But in terms of cooking, one of the things that I was thinking about in terms of what I like, I mean, I just love fresh herbs. I do love them in salads. I like the kind of hit that you don't expect sometimes. And I remember 10 or 11 years ago, Lindsay did a parsley salad and I've done tabbouleh and all of this, but it was the first time that I'd had a salad that was pretty much primarily herbs, if not all herbs. And it was so fresh and I loved that. And, um, and then the other one I was thinking about is the Mediterranean article. I think Teresa and I had worked on and it was, um, there's, um, a spring soup with a pea stew on it, which is basically a pesto. And I really like that just as a couple in my mind that I'm thinking of. Um, but does anybody have any kind of favorite recipes uh, or ways that they like to use some of herbs? Oh, I also, I'll add one more. The shortbreads. I did shortbreads with orange and rosemary several years ago. It was on a holiday issue and um, I really loved the rosemary in that one.
3: You know, when you're talking about all the recipes that we have that include herbs, I guess I would uh, also want to encourage people to look at the recipes that they that they just make. Um, you know, your everyday things that you just reach for the dried herbs and go ahead and switch it up with fresh herbs and see what a difference that makes. Um you know, just it's such an easy little swap out. um, And sometimes we just forget that that fresh herbs make such a difference in our regular repertoire. I guess Um, those tried and true. Let's just throw it together recipes and we. And so that's some a a quick little. Little switch that we can do at home. um, That will make that
4: that general ratio is. uh, Three times as much fresh as to. So if you've got a teaspoon of dried thyme, use a tablespoon of fresh thyme. Right, right, that was and a I'm and
0: potentially add it later in the process. Um, right, so, so so it retains its freshness.
3: Right, and a pop at the end just makes a big difference too. So in getting ready for this, I was looking at you know how to harvest and and uh, what are
1: the best ways to to harvest and and you can dry them, but I also saw where you know take a handful of little herbs and stick them in water like an ice cube tray or something like that and freeze them that way so that you have fresh even in the winter
0: so (laughs) So like yes so you freeze them in a little bit of water and so you just Mm -hmm. take that whole uh, um, herby ice cube and throw it in your soup pot or whatever
2: right yes okay
0: and so you basically have made your own um, bouquet garni or um herb de provence or whatever it may be some blend of your own Mm -hmm. Cool. cool love it um so so do you dry herbs then
1: um yeah you can just that's fairly simple process just um, snip longer stems than you would normally um and then just rubber band them the ends together and hang them upside down um until they get a little bit crispy and crinkly Mm -hmm. um or you can Mm -hmm. lay them out on a screen and and dry them that way individual leaves like basil leaves and and or put them in a food dehydrator would work too
0: so, do you when you dry them and hang them upside down, which I believe I've done before, do you do it inside, outside, or I guess it depends on your space and right, right. Um, cool,
1: dry is best. Okay. Um, you want you don't want it, a very humid spot, you know, because then sure. you'll get some mold on it. And if you have a little air circulation, a little bit of a fan going, um, that's helpful to okay. to dry them out um, quicker and easier. And then then just. You
2: know either crinkle them up or or bag them up uh, mm-hmm. and dry we tried drying um one one like fall my mother-in-law is like really good with has a green thumb and everything and she's like just dig them up put them in your garage you know on a cardboard kind of thing and just you know even like where you drive your car over you know just leave them in there <laughs> should dry for a while you know and we totally forgot about him we're like oh crap you know and then we Put them in the basement, they all had mold on them and were like not salvageable.
1: <laughs> yeah, there's a, a curing time for those.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes, indeed. Um,
3: okay, Jenny, I do have one question about rosemary because you know, I have fallen um in love with those little rosemary trees that you sometimes uh, find in the grocery store. <laughs> store. Yes, because they're so adorable, like around Christmas time, I'll bring it home and then they die. Yeah. Um <laughs> That sounds typical. (laughs) Always, always, I cannot keep them alive. Is there a trick to keeping rosemary alive in the house?
1: (laughs) A ton of sun, so put it in your sunniest window that you can, and don't overwater.
3: Okay. Okay. I probably did both of those wrong. (laughs) uh,
1: That'll that'll kill it faster. Too much water will kill a rosemary faster than the other. On the other hand, if you let it wilt, then that uh, you go the other direction and drop all its leaves. So.
3: Okay, all right. So and it's I've a little bit, bit finicky. It. it doesn't. It's not very forgiving. Is that right? right Loves okay. it outside,
1: and then sometimes, sometimes with rosemary, it'll look awful all winter, but you get it back outside, it revives, and it's a whole lot better. So okay. just,
3: but, unless it's totally gone, which I, th-
0: <laughs> I think you had mentioned this earlier too. The so rosemary, lavender, and did you say basil? Were those the three that are kind of easiest time. time excuse me time that easiest to grow inside
1: yeah or okay I would say overwinter um, over overwinter
0: over inside yeah. yeah winter over yeah, um, yeah just, you
1: know parsley and basil will go inside um I've overwintered parsley before but it tends to bolt and then it will actually kind of bloom um and sure. then it poops out after that sure um, and then the basil of course basil will, um works really nice as a house plant but um again once it blooms then you know you might as well toss it and start over
0: yes well it's probably a great house plant if you know what you're doing like you do <laughs> <laughs> uh, just muddle through <laughs>
3: uh-huh. um
0: so back to the question of food come on kids <laughs> anybody have uh some uh favorite um recipes that um are pretty herb heavy or that you can think of that you've developed or that you just like to eat
2: we always just like to do some fresh bruschetta in the summer when you have like fresh tomatoes and basil and you know you can't ever go wrong with that or even a blt and swap the lettuce with some basil is always a good that's always a a good one
4: right there those are those are all go-tos in our house so Mm -hmm. yeah mixing up a caesar salad and throwing fresh basil leaves into it um it's always a favorite and like you said yeah blts with basil basil lettuce and tomato (laughs) (laughs) right it's delicious
2: well i think we even did a tip or something where um if you have rosemary to even like take a a hearty sprig of it and use it for basting some of your foods even um you know or or as a
0: skewer Mm-hmm. You can use it as a yeah. skewer.
2: Yeah. I have a friend that uh, makes a salad
1: for this function that we go to every year. And she, she raises borage.
3: Oh, sure. And,
1: bor- borage, borage. <laughs>
3: <laughs> I've
1: never <laughs> grown it, <laughs> but it has these cute little blue star shaped flowers and she throws the flowers um, on the salad. And uh, it might be a pretty mundane salad, but you throw this little borage flowers on there and they're a, Adorable. <laughs> and uh, It has a little bit different kick to it then. And and uh, I'm not sure what else Boris has some other uses, but I'm not exactly sure. Uh well I'm gonna have to look it up. But the flowers I, are
0: <laughs> I just pulled out the food lovers because I was trying to see there is pronunciation, but it's <laughs> Bora B O H R all in caps. Um or the second pronunciation is B A H R and then hyphen I H lowercase. So, how would somebody say that, Bora? Bora? Well. Um, <laughs> bright flowers and hairy leaves distinguish this European herb, whose flavor is reminiscent of cucumber.
3: Yeah, interesting. Interesting. interesting.
0: Both the flowers and leaves are used in salads, but the leaves must be chopped finely so their texture isn't off-putting. The leaves are also used to flavor teas and vegetables.
3: Yeah, there's something about eating hairy leaves that might
1: be a (laughs) lot Well, so, you know, then along with your uh, herbs in your pots, you should stick some edible flowers in there, you know, like pansies and uh, nasturtiums are good. Marigolds are edible uh calendula I think is edible. yeah daylilies flowers um oh you know daylilies you can you can stuff little daylily buds with like a cream cheese stuff that's pretty tasty um (laughs) oh I didn't know they were edible
2: um I think you
1: I think some Asian cuisines they'll stir fry them
2: dandelions dandelions yeah we make wine (laughs) (laughs) or all those little
1: edible flowers are a lot of fun on um you know salad and and, uh pansies have a little spicy taste to them so sometimes things just taste a little green and
4: Mm. (laughs) a little odd and in things but but they're fun Mm -hmm. (laughs) i worked at a hotel in uh poughkeepsie and poughkeepsie was celebrating uh, it's 300th birthday or 300th anniversary or 350th of, of being a city. And so the uh, they had a, a meal that was had foodstuffs from 300, 350 years ago. And one of them was um, carnation flowers. Oh. And I really got to say, I mean, I was familiar with eating nasturtiums at the time and, and really loved them. So I... Went to gobble those carnations. They're kind of you know, an acquired taste. Let's just it that way. <laughs> <laughs> Is it bitter? Seems like they. Yeah, be... it was pretty. It yeah. was pretty tough. Yeah. <laughs> I have a feeling they should have been candied or something. But
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Sugar makes everything better. <laughs> <laughs> Except for your teeth, maybe. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh is there anything we're maybe missing on um herbs or um containers getting going
4: um harvesting what else do i i have a question remaining and that is what can i do to prevent um, uh, the softer herbs like cilantro or dill from bolting what 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 are the secrets to at least delaying i don't think you can put it off completely but um i'm not totally positive about this but i think it's a day length
1: thing so as plants mature through the summer um, they'll hit a certain day length time that makes them want to flower and Uh,
0: uh,
1: and i think like i think parsley is one of those things
0: in that case would you want to pull it if especially if it's a container maybe pull it out of the sun for part of that day so it doesn't have as much yeah yeah okay
1: or you pull it out and start over you know um, sure once it gets to that blooming stage there's nothing you can do, do to stop it and you just uh-huh and, and <laughs> Wear that over. one <laughs> <laughs> okay. i i have a, a potential story thing for garden gate about extending seasons but or, you know it's been working in my head but i haven't um focused on (laughs) how to make that look, look right. (laughs) But you know, certain, I I, think there are other, other vegetables that are the same way. Um, It's uh, day length. Sometimes heat will do it too. So if you keep that might um, prevent them from
0: bolting, but yeah. And if it's in a pot, it's probably gonna get hotter quicker because it's contained, I imagine. But again, you can then pull that maybe out of the sun So not only are you helping it keep a little cooler and not have as much daylight, that might be the way to try that, John.
1: The beauty of containers is, you know, you can slide them around. If you don't don't have a lot of sun in your yard, you can kind of just chase the sun and and move it wherever it needs to go. Or, you know, if it's getting too much sun and you're watering too much, you can kind of pull it back off.
0: Oh, I know what I was going to ask. So animals, and I'm sure it sort of depends on where you are and whatnot, but Animals and herbs, and what do they go after, and what animals go after what, or what does one need to do to maybe prevent um, somebody else harvesting your um, <laughs> your bounty before you get there?
1: Um, I would say that think the like the parsley's and the basil's tend to get eaten by things like bunnies and and um, deer. So, but you don't want to spray the repellents. Um, but if you spray it, it, yeah, exactly. Um, if you spray the pot around it, below, um, or the area around it, sometimes that'll help.
2: Um, okay. And then there
1: are other things that you can plant with, like marigolds are supposed to be supposed okay. to be um, bunny repellent um, type of things, but sometimes the bunnies like them too. <laughs> just eat them all. <laughs> Depends and on how they hungry they are. Over them. <laughs> yeah.
4: Exactly.
1: <laughs> the taller the pot, the better that is for bunnies. <laughs> but they still can jump up there and, and get in and anything they really want. But and if you you put them in a nice tall pot, that's just easier for the deer to eat. <laughs> so <laughs> you don't always you know they don't have to bend over as far. So sometimes it's a little hard. Um, little cages around them, some or or some netting, right, know, might help. Um, but uh, but you know a lot of the a lot of the herbs are very strong scented and animals don't like that. Oh, so so like your sages and your mints um, don't seem to have animal problems. That's
0: interesting.
1: In a garden, sometimes you can plant some of those more fragranty things all the way around your desired things.
0: I'm just (sighs) contemplating here. I'm wondering, and I have no idea if this is the way it is. But in you know, for nature and survival, if they were to consume something with such strong flavor, would that then mean that they? exude some of that flavor and are more vulnerable in the wild. I wonder if that's why, I don't know. I'm maybe overthinking. I'm just kind of curious what the strong scent would be to repel them. Um, um, I don't know if it's just a factor
1: yeah. sure. <laughs> you know, um, yeah. or some, something. Or some things that are actually poisonous will have a flavor to an animal that, um, okay. So that in, Probably a scent too, I would think, uh, which will keep them from eating it. Um, okay. And mm-hmm. evolutionarily speaking, a plant um, develops those things to keep from being eaten, <laughs> so that's always good.
0: Uh-huh. But, but, uh huh. Interesting.
1: Oh hairy, hairy leafed plants. Uh, back to our hairy leaf plants that we don't want, we don't we don't <laughs> want to eat them either. Animals don't always like to eat them. <laughs> Yuck. <So. laughs>
0: So, so, I suppose if you so put it makes me think of floss, to... like yeah. natural floss or something. If only it were that easy. <laughs> I know, really. Or it's like corn silk stuck in, like that's more of, like what it is. <laughs> Jenny, thank you so much for um, sharing some of your knowledge with our listeners and us. It really makes me want to um, get a container um, herb garden going now. <laughs> forget the seeds though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. a little, little late for seeds, but you know, you can find some good well-started
1: herbs and they're pretty reasonably priced. So yeah, yeah. go for it. <laughs>
0: Uh, well, thanks, everybody, for joining us today. Um, I will again mention, um, check out uh, GardengateMagazine.com for all your gardening questions. When Once you've uh, got your container herbs going and you are harvesting, check out CuisineAtHome.com for recipe ideas and um, come back next time when there will be more must-love food. And thanks for joining us. Take care, everybody. Bye-bye.
2: Thanks, Spike. Visit our site to learn about special offers, new products and more for purchase. We offer live cooking seminars from pasta making and cast iron cooking to pie baking and stir frying techniques. Our special interest publications feature recipes centered around certain topics like feel good food and slow cooker dinners. We also offer custom Cuisine at Home branded kitchen tools such as aprons, cutting boards, and bench knives. Shop all of our offerings at cuisineathome.com.